Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. I want to introduce you to our first guest this evening. She is a top marriage and parenting author and speaker. She's appeared on several media outlets, such as the Today Show, Wall Street Journal, Focus on the Family, Fox and Friends, and the 700 Club. That's just to name a few, okay? (laughs) She's also the host of the Happy Home Podcast and the author of several books, including 31 Days to a Happy Husband and 31 Days to Becoming a Happier Wife. I know you can't wait to have this conversation, right? Me neither. Family, I invite you to the conversation with none other than Mrs. Arlene Pelicane. Hello there, beautiful. Hey, Carol. Good to see you. I like the glasses too. I'm okay. like, I know they're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> you all, I don't know if I can take these compliments. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a new, I'm, I'm telling you, it's really a newfound, like, a, I, I don't know. I have so many pairs of glasses. It's a whole right new now. world now, right? It <laughs> is. It is. I have a ton of readers, ton uh. of them. But Arlene, welcome. Welcome. Um, just so happy to, to have you here and, and to have this conversation that we we're about to have. First, can you tell our family members a little about you? Yes, I'm so happy to be with you, Carol. Um, I am married to James, who I met uh, in school. And I was the girl growing up that was like, oh, I want to meet meet this prince. You know, it's like, where is he? And it's like, he wasn't in high school. He wasn't in college. It's like, where is this man? (laughs) And finally, it's like, you know, we have, it's cute because we met in college and he was flipping hamburgers. And so he, it was a new studio orientation and he had been there more than I had. So he flipped my burger and that is the first time that we met. And it was not love at first burger, but it was somewhat close. Maybe. I don't know. So that was 25 years ago. We live in San Diego. We have three children. Uh, We go boy, girl, girl. We've got a college age son named Ethan and two girls in high school. And we're kind of like, how did this happen so quickly? But we have really enjoyed being married. And we have also very much enjoyed being parents. And so we were always trying to find out and learn Like, Mm. how can we be more successful at this? How can we, you know, you can rock it at work, you can make a lot of money, you might have a nice vacation. But at the end of the day, it's like, do I get along with these people that I live with? You know, that's kind of, that's kind of a really important thing. So I've enjoyed so much um, these years and have learned some things along the way and I'm happy to share them. We just talked about that last night. We had a conversation yesterday yesterday about, uh, you know, when, when, one party of the couple avoids the other, you know, when you're avoiding your significant other, but we know that you and James have never done that. We know that. <laughs> that yeah, happening with you. We find each other by the end of the day. So <laughs> it was so funny, girl, when we were first dating, you know, we could spend, we were lived in Virginia beach and we could just spend all this time just looking at each other. Right. We're just looking at each other, talking to each other, listening to each other. And one day he said, you know what I see when I look in your eyes, 
said, what do you see when you look in my eyes? He said, I see the letters AV. Your contact lenses say AV. And I went home and I popped out my contact and I looked at the rim and they literally did have etched in them AV. And I was like, oh my word, I have found someone who has looked so deeply into my eyes that he sees what my contact lens says. So yes, we, <laughs> he was we looking- do. We do treat each other right when recording. That's for sure. He was looking pretty hard. He was was really looking deeply. Okay. Into your eyes. That's right. Okay. So you're here to talk with us about relationships overall, but especially and particularly about National Marriage Week, which I did not know existed. I know. Like, you know, you'll hear things like National Ice Cream Day or, you know, it's Earth Day and all these different things, which are all great. But Mm -hmm. National Marriage Week is from February 7th to 14th. It started in 1996. And it is about the idea of saying that the cause of marriage, that this is something really great. And the more we can support marriages and have healthy marriages, encourage people to have healthy marriages, that has that trickle down effect for children being raised and all those different things. And so this is a week that we say, you know what, this marriage thing, it's a good thing. It's good for families. It's good for people. It's good for our country. And we want to come alongside of you and say, hey, if you need some marriage help, there's all sorts of resources available. And that's at marriageweek.org. But you're not alone. Like we've talked about, it might feel like, man, I'm the only one with this problem with my spouse or my, you know, if only you knew what my spouse was doing or whatever it is. And to realize, wait a minute, no, this is these are common things and we can we can learn from those who have gone before us. So when did you learn about National Marriage Week? Yeah, just about two years ago. So it's been happening for a long time. But someone reached out to me and said, do you know about this? Just like how you just found out about it. And I was like, this is fantastic. And if you go to marriageweek.org, you can find like all these statistics about marriage that maybe we didn't realize. You can find uh, date night ideas, you know, that you know, okay, Valentine's Day is coming up and you know, okay, we're going to go on a date, but is it going to be the same date that we've had for the last 10 years? You know, so it's like, how can you mix that up? So there's creative dating ideas. And then um, there's also a couple's connection plan so that when you're on that date, and you're staring at each other like, I don't know what to say anymore. This gives you some ideas, you know, so it's a wonderful resource. You can find marriage events that are happening uh, either near you or maybe somewhere you want to visit. So it's kind of a clearinghouse for marriage events, too. So it's it's a great site, marriageweek.org. This is all so new to me. So though. From where I'm, I'm so uh, amazed that this exists. For how long has this been in existence? National Marriage Week. Yeah, yeah. 1996. It started in the UK, and then it was brought to the United States in 2002. And you know, like so many other things, it's it's like like uh, whoever's talking about it you know, mm-hmm. is can only say so much. So it's so wonderful that we're able to talk today about it so that more people can know. But it has been in the States, you know, for 22 years now. What? 22 years. So somebody's been paying attention. <laughs> Somebody has right. been Somebody's aware. Been like, 
we need to, we need to like help marriages out. And, you know, for instance, this year, every year there's a new theme. So that's very okay. fun. And this year, the theme is love beyond words. And I love you are love and life. So this is love beyond words. And that is, you know, when you say I do, and when you mm-hmm. make this promise to someone in sickness and in health, in richer or poorer till death mm-hmm. do us part, and you say these words, right? Mm-hmm. That if it is a love beyond words, then, hey, I'm going to back up those things. I will I will be faithful. I'll keep showing up for you. And I will keep these vows even when I don't feel like it, even when it's not, you know, exciting. So much of life is just doing the right thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like, wow, you know, like, I just listened to my spouse for five minutes. Way to go. But but that's how you build a strong relationship. It's these all these little steps, love beyond words, that it's not just words, but your actions back it up. And when mm. couples have that, like when you have someone in your corner that you know, no matter what happens, they're going to stay with me. The commitment is there. Then you have all sorts of emotional security. You have more financial security. You are less prone to be lonely and all those different things when you have mm-hmm. that. That, that commitment of a relationship. You know, we and uh, here again, we were talking about that last night about being committed and about communication. Yeah. And we were saying how, uh, well, yeah, it came about because it was shared with us that there was a couple that had been married for, I believe it was 28 years yeah. that had not slept in the same hmm. bedroom for uh, at least 15 years. So wow. This now that I'm finding out about this site, this could have, this is something that could be helpful to couples who yeah. have experiences like that or similar yeah. to that or who are having difficulties in any way. Yes. Sounds like there are a lot of resources, but family, for those of you who have just joined us, welcome. First and foremost, you are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Arlene Pelicane. We are talking about National Marriage Week. Well, we were in that moment, but we've got so many other things to talk about as it pertains to relationships. Um, but we're going to take a short commercial break in a moment. But before we do, I do want to acknowledge some of our family members that are checking in. Hey there, Tony. Tony Brown is checking in. It's so good to see you join us. Good to have you join us as well. Harry Wims is joining us as well. Eric Young is too. He's sending greetings. Oh, you love my glasses. Thank you. These glasses are a big hit, huh? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, family, for the love. Uh, just thank you so much. He's sending peace to everybody. It is so greatly appreciated. And my love bug, Miss Julie Audrey Ward Carnegie. She is sharing some information with us. I love it. I love it. She shares. She shares. Good evening, everyone. We are more informed today than we were yesterday. Regarding Black history, a few few changes more needed, indeed. The Union League of Philadelphia has a portrait of Frederick Douglass. Alongside him should be included John Adams, a man who had no slaves. Everyone paid a wage. George Washington nor Thomas Jefferson has that record. That is so true. Oh, Miss Julie, let me tell you, you know that was in my facts because I've got facts stored for this entire month because we're sharing information all month, all month, all month. <laughs> so thank you because I'm going to, I am going to repeat that on another day as well so that we can stay informed. Okay. So that we don't lose this. We don't lose it. Uh, again, family, you should know that the phone lines are still open and feel free to comment on our socials. Uh, our commercial break will be short. 
but stay with us because we will be right back. You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Arlene Pellicane and we are talking about love. We're talking about life. We're talking about marriage and everything, all that good stuff, everything in between. I do want to go to our phone lines really quickly because one of our family members is waiting to join the conversation. Hi there. Thank you so much for calling and thank you for your patience. Uh, good evening. Uh, good evening, ladies. Uh, I'm currently divorced, and me and my ex-wife were still friends. I can't understand why people can't understand about once you decide to part from each other, you can't still be friends. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people have a problem with that. I think it's so wonderful that you do have a good relationship and that you are friends. I I think that's something to really celebrate and speaks really well of both you and your ex-wife that you're able to kind of find the common ground and be like, Hey, we're still in each other's lives. Just, it just didn't quite work out between us. I, I think from what I have heard from others is sometimes there is, there's anger uh, between them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. There might be some unforgiveness and it's, it's hard to ha- continue to have a relationship. There may be where the other person is, has, you know, not been, whether not been honest or uh, hasn't been showing up or maybe they haven't been, they've made promises that they didn't keep. So it, it's mm-hmm. hard to stay in relationship because even though you're reconciled, let's say to each other, like I forgive you, it doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, now I'm going to trust you to come back into my life because maybe they are not acting trustworthy, you know, but, but I hear what you're saying. If you have two very decent people who still kind of like each other, that yeah, they, they should say friendly. But I think in a lot of marriages that break up, there's, there's a lot there that is difficult to overcome to, to come into a friendship again. I agree with that, Arlene. I do agree. I think, you know, well, everybody is different and everybody processes things differently. But um, in those instances, I too believe that there are just so many unresolved issues. Uh, so it's difficult for some people to move past hurt or to get, you know, to navigate it with another individual. So I, I think for that reason alone, you um, are one of the lucky ones. I yes, that's say. good. You really are. Thank you. Really? No, you're welcome. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> um, uh, Eric has a question. I should say, James, thank you for calling too. Thank you for sharing that and for calling. Um, Eric has a question. He shares, hello, Arlene. Welcome to the WURD family. Out of all of your many books, can you tell me what your inspiration was for growing up social 
and screamed. Oh, Eric, you've given me such a lovely question. Like, you even know what my book titles are. You get a star, man. You get a star. So Growing Up Social was the first book and it was, and the cover of it has two little kids having dinner together and there's a white tablecloth and they're looking at their phones instead of looking at each other, you know? So it is this idea of how do we make technology part of our life, but not all of our life. Mm-hmm. And really the, the inspiration for the books was literally, it was kind of the craziest thing. I'll give you guys the real backstory uh, is Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote the five love languages. He's just an amazing author and, and a marriage counselor, family counselor, and had heard a lot about people coming in because they're having trouble with technology with their kids and their marriage, mm-hmm. all these things. But he is older and didn't have kids at home. So they were looking for someone to couple with Dr. Chapman to write a book about this issue. And at the time I had, you know, three kids under five and it was like, oh, you would be a good person to co-author this with him. Would you consider it? And of course, when you as like a starving author are asked, you know, do you want to write a book? You say, yes, I would like to write a book. So it really, I wasn't even smart enough to think about it myself, but that was, you know, that was 10 years ago. And since then, we have really seen what a difference it makes when mm-hmm. you use books instead of tablets, when you use imagination and you build things and you you push back the tablet, you push back the games. And it's very strange, right? Like it's totally mm-hmm. not the norm. So our kids right now, um, we live in San Diego. The kids go to public school, but our high schoolers don't have phones and they don't have social media. They look at my social media feed and they follow the people they want using my phone. And it's they're just different in that way. And that's you know, a rule. That's a rule that we have, but we have seen, wow, how much healthier and happier they are without it. So a lot of it was our own experience of this works mm-hmm. really well when you are intentional about your tech. We're not tech afraid. Like notice we are here. We're talking about a microphone. We're not afraid of this, but there are certain mm-hmm. addictive technologies, video games, social media, TikTok, etc. for kids and for teenagers as, as I think any person with a pulse kind of knows that that can be really right hard for kids. So we're showing parents, you know, wanting to inspire parents to say, you know what, you could be the mean mom or the mean dad, and it will be very, very good for your children. No, you let me tell you something. Kudos to you and your husband. Kudos to you and James. I, I really, you saw my face. I said, wait, what now? Yeah, what? When you said your children don't have, <laughs> have friends. Devices. Can you imagine? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In today's world, that is so hard to imagine because, it, you know, it's such a large part yeah, of the life of uh, of so many children. Um, I do want to pivot because I want to know about um, these two books. I mean, this these books, 30, 31 Days to a Happy Husband yep. and 31 Days to Becoming a Happier Wife. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. They're both for the wife to read, not because it's only our job, but just because I'm a woman, so I can write to women. But the 31 Days to a Happy Husband, I interviewed 31 um, gentlemen, you know, from actor Kevin Sorbo to a pastor named David Jeremiah to counselors and just asked them, you know, what is it that your wife does to make you happy? And so we put those findings in the book. And what I found was it, I made an acronym DREAM because mm-hmm. when you get married, that's when you when you're there, you're not like, yeah, I guess this will be okay. You're like, this is going to be awesome, right? You're dreaming about this amazing marriage. So the D stands for domestic tranquility, that your husband wants a, a peaceful home. He doesn't want to come home and be told what to do, what he's not doing, nagged about this, nagged about this. He wants a, a peaceful home. The R is respect, that a man wants to be respected. The mm-hmm. E is arrow.
eros, which is that romantic love that your husband wants, that physical affection. The A is attraction, that you're still doing things to be attractive to one another. And the M is mutual activities, that you still do things together. And what we found is if you do these five things... That's kind of a nice formula to, hey, your husband's like, this is pretty good. This is going pretty well. So 31 days to a happy husband. And that really comes from, you know, when, when you first get married, all that affection is going to your spouse so easily. And then mm-hmm. when you add children and stepchildren and all these different things in the mix, it, it's like, all of a sudden it dwindles into nothing because you're like, all these kids need me. You're a grown adult. Go take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. 31 days to a happy husband is really all about. And I think this is such a good thing for love month is don't just think of yourself, but think about the other person. Like, how can I still show up for this person and mm-hmm. let them know they're special? And 31 days to becoming a happy wife is really to that woman to say, how can we like rediscover the joy of being married? Like, let's say your mm-hmm. husband doesn't bring your flowers doesn't isn't a mind reader you know doesn't do all these things that you want him to do can you still be happy because the the truth is sometimes we think oh well he's doing all this these things that's why i'm not happy but even Mm. if he did all those things would that really make you happy you know you probably find something else to not be happy about so so much of happiness is our own choice Mm -hmm. and, and, and taking ownership ownership for that Agreed. Oh my goodness. Agreed. I could not have said that better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to know, Arlene, you said you at, at this one point you had three, three children under the ages of, under yeah, the age that, of that first. Yeah. That first time as I'm writing, you know, they're all under five, probably doing the technology books. They're under eight, you know, things like that. Yeah. So how did you and James manage? How did you navigate? How yeah. were you able to, um, to, to continue building your yes. relationship with one another as a couple out yes. separate and apart from right. being parents and giving the attention to each other that you so desperately would need. And especially now that you have three additional human beings. Yes. I think a lot of it is still carving out time to listen to each other. And when your spouse says something to you, like my husband's a realtor. So he would, you know, obviously all these houses he goes through, they're all picked up. But then he comes home to our house, right? We have three kids and there's just like stuff everywhere. So one day he said, do you think we could make our house look like adults lived here and not children? Right. So, okay. All of us, right. Or or many of us are like, oh, that's so unfair. We have three kids. Like, that's what we do. We just discount like, Mm -hmm. like you're crazy. Like it's impossible. Like no way. But what if we just, so this is something both he's really good at this and I'm trying to get good at it too, is just listening to it and being like, we're going to try that. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to mean something to you. So, so if it all it means is from the garage to the kitchen, we are going to make a path, then that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. So it's just this idea that when your spouse says something, you don't look at them like you're crazy. But instead, you're like, you know what? I'm that's valid. You want you, you I'm going to work towards that. And guess what? When you have that kind of attitude towards your spouse, unless your spouse is a really awful human being, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to bend to you too. Cause we're reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, if someone is kind to you, you want to be kind back, but you're always waiting for the other person to be kind first. So that has been a key for my husband and I, it's just the idea of go first, like, like, be the person to say, oh, you know, I'm really sorry, like apologize first. I, I'm sorry right. for any understanding or, um, you know, I, I'm not going to get defensive about that. I, I want to try to help. So there's a rhythm at National Marriage Week also that we talk about that's really helped James and I. And it's connect daily 
date mm-hmm. weekly and get away regularly. So even with all the kids, what it looks like is he loves his feet to get rubbed and I love words. So five love languages. He likes physical touch. I like words. So I give him a foot massage at night and he listens to me and, and, and vice versa. So we get the touch and the words and that's just like our daily connection. So it's not this huge thing that has to take so much money or whatever, but it's like mm-hmm. habit. Their habits, like every day, we have this little connection of like, how was your day? What's going on? So it's not like, wow, I haven't talked to you for three weeks. You know, right, you don't right. get to that point that there's a daily connection. And then date weekly, if you shoot for weekly, I think you'll probably get once a month in, and that's great. <laughs> you know, so they found statistically, when couples were asked, fifty-two percent of them said we date at least once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. But 48, no, I think I'm getting that backwards. 48% said that, yes, we date once or twice a month, but 52% said we don't date like rarely, like just a few times a year. And oh. what they found is if you date just once or twice a month, then you were 15% happier that you were less likely to divorce, that you were more happy sexually, that your communication was better. All those things were really boosted up if you just went on a date once or twice a month. So just the, I think what it shows the kids too, is like mom and dad need their time alone and Mm -hmm. that their, this relationship is important. Like we will invest in it just as, you know, we will spend hours at our kids' plays, at our kids' soccers, like Mm. driving them everywhere. We will spend so much time, right? Just 45 minutes just sitting there. That's why social media is going crazy because you just sit there on social media mm-hmm. while you're waiting for your kid. But would we spend that kind of time with our spouse? Like probably not. So really just realizing, wait a minute, I do need to date you like weekly or at least regularly to spend mm-hmm. time with you and then get away like once a year, get away with your spouse, have a little vacation and, and make sure you reconnect. You know, something else you said that um, I find really important is about love languages. Yeah. I I feel that identifying and knowing your partner's love language is so important that it plays an integral part in your relationship. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And if you don't know what your love languages are, you can just go to five, just Google five love languages. And it's invented, created by Dr. Gary Chapman. And Mm -hmm. it really like, let's say there are five different things. So think about yourself. Like, do you like gifts? Is that how you feel really loved? Do you like acts of service when people like do your laundry for you or like mow the lawn for you? Are you a words person? You like to hear the words. Are you Mm -hmm. time? You just want to spend time with someone or are you physical touch? You just want to get hugged. So for instance, if you have a spouse that's time, but the other one is words, then the time person is like, I have just spent five hours with you. How can you not know that I love you? You know, obviously I love you. But the words person is like, you have spent five hours with me and you haven't even told me that you love me. You know, right, right. Like they're completely crossing each other because the one is saying like, you don't even love me. And they're like, I told you I loved you. So obviously I do, but they want time. Right. And vice versa. So it is really helpful to know what you're, you know, a lot of us, we like all of them, of course, but there is usually a primary one that Mm -hmm. really is yours. So to know your primary one, to know your best friends, your moms, your, your husband, your children is very helpful because then you realize, oh, I don't have to buy gifts for this person. They'd rather (laughs) me just like talk to them. Well, I just saved myself 10 bucks, you know? So. Marlene. <laughs> but no, you're, you are right about that. You're so right. It, it is, and that's why I said it's so important 
to identify your own love language as well as that of your significant other, because I do believe it can help in some instances. Well, in most instances, it plays, I feel it plays such an integral part. Because we grow grow apart. We grow apart Mm -hmm. because we say, I don't feel loved. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like you love me anymore. And the poor other person is like, I'm trying. I'm just doing the right language. Yes. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm here, aren't I? That's like, right. Yeah, but, 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 um, hey there, family. I'm talking to you. If you have just joined us, welcome. Welcome to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. Our family members are commenting and I see your comments. Walt. Hey there, Walt. Walt shares, hey, CR, great topic. Black history is an integral part of the broader human story. And without it, our understanding of society culture and progress would be incomplete. I could not agree with you more. Thank you. That was stated so eloquently. Thank you. And uh, Eric shares uh, in response to your response to his question. Thank you. That is such good, positive feedback. It's amazing to hear that you have a non-social media system that actually works for your kids. You heard me, Eric. You heard me. You heard me say, what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, our beloved, hey, there, beautiful Joanne Dormand. She shares good evening, everybody. She's sharing peace and blessings with us all. Family, listen, you are still invited to this conversation. I want you to know that, okay? So, Know that our phone lines are still open and feel free to comment on our socials. I promise I will do my best to read your comment aloud on the air. In the meantime, we are going to take just a short break. So stay with us because we are coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Well, hey there, family. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We are talking with Mrs. Arlene Pelican, and we're talking about love, life, and everything under the umbrellas of both. Eric shares, Arlene, this is such great information for new and long-term relationships. And your energy and knowledge are truly good for the universe. I love that. That's so sweet. Thank you. We all love bugs here. We all love bugs here. So, Arlene, I'm curious to know, and you may not have the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask if you are aware or have any idea of the statistics um, about the state of marriage today. Yeah. And especially as it pertains to the younger generation? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's an important question because, you know, kids are being told that yeah, marriage is optional being a you know, you just look at social media, you look at celebrities, and it's not like, oh, wow, being a mom and a dad that looks really glamorous. It's like, oh, that looks really hard. And so people don't want to do it. And a lot of young people instead, they're thinking, well, to be happy, I should probably get a good job, like a good job will make me happy or to make money will make me happy. And what they're finding in the research is that if you have a college degree, it gives you a 64% boost in happiness. That's pretty good. All right. If you have a higher income than most, 88% boost. If you're satisfied with your work, 145% boost. All right. That's pretty good. But if you're just married, plain married, you get a 151% boost. And if you're happily married, you get a 545% boost. And I think these, these are the things that we're not talking about, that if you really want to be happy long term, invest Mm -hmm. in a relationship 
for your life, invest well. Um, so many people aren't doing that. Like in terms of the marriage rate, it's fallen by 65% since 1970. Now the divorce rate has also fallen, but because the marriage rate has also fallen, that's probably correlated. And what they mm-hmm. are predicting is for young people that one out of three will never marry. One out of three will never marry. Oh, and wow. so you kind of think about that. That's just like if it continues on as it is now and it looks mm-hmm. projecting into the future. And you look at that and you think, okay, what does that do for the economy? There are less people, you know, here. What does that do to the replacement rate? Like the fertility replacement rate of a nation, 2.1 is the replacement rate of like how many babies a woman should have. And now we're at 1.6. So it's pretty low. And you think of it, okay, economy, et cetera, but you're, you're growing up and then now you're 40, mm-hmm. you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, you're 80, you don't have children. Maybe your brothers and sisters don't have children, so you don't have nieces and nephews. And then you kind of play that out and it's like, wow, the family is going to get so small. So it mm-hmm. is really a call for our young people to consider, like, let's just put this back on the table. That mm-hmm. having a marriage like my grandma and my grandpa's and having children and raising children and having children to grow up with, you know, as you grow older, like that's something that might be a really great option for me and, and something to really look into. So, so I hope that that statistic will shift, that there will be more, you know, that one out of three, you know, won't, will never marry. I hope that that gets a little bit better. One out of three. So, uh, do you have any information about how technology has impacted wow. marriages? Yes. You know, the Business Insider had said that we are touching our phones like more than 2,000 times a day. So, waking mm-hmm. it up, swiping, tapping, etc. It is the attention. So, just think, where do your eyes go? You know? And it really is, you know, the, all the cheesy things that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's all true. <laughs> like, you look at the things you love and you pay that? attention to the things that you love and or maybe it's vice versa the things you pay attention to those are the things you end up loving you know so for i think technology is a huge problem in relationships they've done studies where they just even place a phone on the table and then people rate the conversation versus if the phone wasn't present and they all will say things like i don't think they were really listening to me you know when the phone is just sitting on the table because you know our minds are like Oh, someone texting me like, Oh, I better touch it. Oh, what's on the news now? And we're distracted and it's not even, it's just on the table. So you put that in a parent child relationship. You put that in a love relationship. And now you're competing against this novelty jackpot addiction Mm -hmm. device that can serve you whatever you want at whatever time of day. Yeah. That's a little hard to compete with. And so we do have to realize that that's, that's, that's hard on relationships. Mm-hmm. The technology expects nothing of us. We just get to hang out with it. It pleases us. It, we just punch in what we want and we get it right away. There's no commitment necessary. It does exactly what we want. That's not how people work, right? It's no. People are like <laughs> the opposite. That's not how they work. But so, so technology, it kind of is training us to be lazy in our relationships. Oh, and absolutely. When things are hard. We're kind of like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to tap out. That got a little hard. Uh, and, but you know, you, you hug that phone all you want. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It is not the same. You know what? I want to go back to the statement you made about your children, um, not having devices. Yeah. Was there pushback? Did you know? So here's the thing. So if you start when they're young, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you two tracks. If you have a young child and they 
grow up knowing like, oh, we're not going to have phones and realize mm -hmm. that instead of playing video games and instead of, they're doing stuff. So we're not just like staring at each other. They're building Nerf guns. They're 3D Nerf guns. They're learning how to play the piano. They're doing martial arts. They're mm -hmm. learning, you know, the skateboarding, like they're doing stuff. They're having fun. And when you're kids. kids and when kids are kids, then they realize like, hey, that is actually kind of better. So when they have other pursuits, then they build up their own hobbies and then they build a taste for it that, yeah, I could play a video game, but I'd really rather make this instead. You know, my right. daughter's learning how to crochet like all these animals, she's making these giant turtles and giant dinosaurs. And it's like, she'd rather do that. So get them used to this other life, right? Like it's like the matrix, like get them out and let them experience childhood. <laughs> then they, they understand like, okay, then when they're told you can't have social media, they're not heartbroken because they have other things that they like to do. And then mm -hmm. as they get older as teenagers, you give them that choice. And a lot of them like mine will choose like, no, you know what, if I got that, it would just suck out too much time. And I don't want that. Like I have one that loves reading and I have one that, you know, so it's like, let them find what they love. And it, it is, it is, so it has really been easy. So the hard part is being different at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then as you grow up, it's like, this is really great. So my son got it the summer before he went to college. And so people would always think like, oh, he's going to go crazy now because he has a phone. He's going to video game into the night and become a gamer because he never had it. He's going to watch porn all the time because he never had it. Right. And it's like, no, he just kind of continues right. to do what he's been doing all the time. And now he's got a phone in his pocket. <laughs> so we have found it's really good. And if you're at the stage where like, that sounds like a fairy tale. My kid's been on social media, you know, for five years now. Mm. That it's just where you're at right now. Like, maybe there's a start with a screen free dinner, like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're gonna have dinner together. We're gonna talk. We're gonna have fun. Uh, we're gonna go out for ice cream. We're gonna play games. We're just gonna not have the phone with us. None of us. And just have a start because kids need it. Kids need that break away from it. Mm, 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 mm. Do you hear this family? Do you hear this? <laughs> and then first of all, again, let me reiterate kudos to you and James, because I think that's wonderful. I think that is amazing. And I do, well, you already know how I feel, family. There's no need for me to talk about it, but in any event, kudos to you, Arlene and James. And this is doable. This is something you can do. And the book Screen Kids will help you to learn how to do this. It has all the kind of what we did. Um, and then we're just really grateful to God because we ask God, God help us with this. And he does. Arlene, tell us where we can find your books, please. You can go to Amazon, find them where books are sold. My website is ArlenePelicane.com. And the books we've been talking about are Screen Kids, 31 Days to a Happy Husband, and things like that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. do you Are you on social media? Yes. Yeah, so just my name, Arlene Pelicane. Yeah, you can find me. I'm not on there a ton, but I'm there. You'll see me with my lowly <laughs> following because I'm not there very much, but I am there. <laughs> Arlene, let me tell you something. You are not alone. So Arlene uh, Pelicane, that is P-E-L-L-I-C-A-N-E. Family members, family, for those of you who are on our socials, I did um, put Arlene's website address uh, I did just share it on um, on our socials. Eric is sharing that he totally agrees. Back in the day when we didn't have cell phones or social media, we kept journals. We read books and we played board games. 
how about that? Let me tell you That's how right. I still have Jack. I have my Jacks. I've got, <laughs> I've got, all, I have a slinky. Yeah. I know you all are saying, what? Awesome. Yes, I do. I have an Etch-a-Sketch. Just watch and Toy I have Story. Whatever's in Toy Story. That's what Carol has in real I, life. I had, you, and this is so true, Arlene. That is so true. You just told my entire life. That is so true. Family, hey there. I'm talking to each and every one of you. If you have just joined us, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. We've been talking with Arlene Pelkane and we've been talking about love. We've been talking about life. She shared with us about National Marriage Week. She shared with us a website. And uh, for those of, of our family members who are married and want to Look into some things, spice up some things as well. Uh, marriageweek.org, to be exact, is a website that you can go to um, to learn about National Marriage Week as well as um, to find resources, right? Resources. You know what? Is it a site for singles as well? How about that? I forgot to ask you that. You know, it, it will, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not kind of like what to look for for a spouse. Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. like that, but you can definitely go on there and it's kind of like seeing what's working, what's not working. I think that's still mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It is. It is. Malcolm, I see your comment. Yes, I do have a slinky. He is clowning me. Yes, Hi. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> if you come to my house, let me tell you something. I have a slinky. I have Uno. Well, I've got all kinds of cards, That's board right. games, I have crayons. I, we're going to have a ball. I have jacks. What? <laughs> what? I have it all. <laughs> Family, um, show your love to Arlene. Arlene, thank you so much for coming this to visit been with so us. This has so much fun. I've been having so much fun in your family room. So thank you, Carol, so much for having me. Good. That means you'll come back to visit with us. Again. I would love to come back and visit with you again. Good, 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 good. Give your fur baby some love. That's right. Baby <laughs> some love, but give your fur baby some love. Um, family, listen, it's time for us to take a commercial break. But um, you know that I'm still here and the conversation is still ongoing. So you can talk to me. You can talk to Nick. Feel free to give us a call, um, but also feel free to comment on our socials. And again, I promise I'll do my best to read it aloud on air. Whatever you do, though, stay with us because we are coming right back. Arlene, we'll see you soon. See Thank you. Soon. <laughs> You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 